Hi, this is Janet Lansbury, and welcome to Unruffled. Today I'm responding to an email from the mom of a 23-month-old girl. They just returned from vacation with another family that had a two and a half year old whom this mom describes as demanding, rude, and constantly whining. And now that they're home, she's concerned because her daughter is exhibiting a lot of that same behavior as this other toddler, and she's wondering how to respond. Here's the email I received. Hi, Janet. My husband and I find your teaching so supportive to the kind of parenting we wanted for our daughter a way that respects her wholeness. We are so grateful for your work. Here's our situation. We have a 23-month-old daughter, Ella. My husband, Ella, and I recently went on vacation with some relatives and their two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Grace. It was for a week sharing the same house. I'm concerned about some behavior I'm seeing from our daughter after returning from the trip. Ella was respectful, followed direction, and was a joy to be around. Grace, on the other hand, would whine and scream at the top of her voice when she couldn't get her way, had major meltdowns at every meal, was demanding and rude to her parents. Her parents would regularly give in to her demands, distract her, or give her treats to keep her quiet. They even joked about hoping some of Ella would rub off on their daughter. Several times, my husband and I took Ella for a walk to have some alone time together, and she would ask, Why was Grace crying? We tried our best to acknowledge Ella's concern for her friend, explaining that Grace was upset, but her yelling was inappropriate. Here's my concern. Since returning home, Ella seems to be imitating the whining and yelling that Grace did in a tone almost identical to Grace's. She's trying it out both at home and in public. I'm wondering how I can best respond to this and how we can better support our daughter should we choose to go on vacation with this family again. Thank you for your help, Janet. P.S. Grace's parents asked our thoughts on how they could better help their daughter as parents, and we shared a few ideas and also suggested your books as a resource. Fingers crossed they look you up. Okay, so thank you so much for the referral. I really appreciate that. This experience is pretty common that children will imitate the behavior of other children. That is a little bit puzzling to them or just different or that they notice adults react to. Those are all interesting things for children to explore. And remember, children in these early years are phenomenal learners. They're all about learning. And when there's something that they don't quite understand, they are driven to understanding it. That's the healthiest thing in the world. That's why they learn and change so much in these early years. They're able to develop because of this incredible interest in and facility for learning. So there are a few reasons that I believe Ella is imitating this behavior. One is to learn and understand where it's coming from. You'll see children do this. They'll play things out or repeat situations, ask us continually about situations that they're processing, they're trying to figure out. And imitating the behavior, really it's a form of empathy, which is very positive. We all want our children to develop empathy. This is one of the ways they do it. They try to figure out where is that coming from? What does that feel like? So that is one very organic, healthy reason that children imitate they process other experiences this way. 
Another reason is that I think without meaning to, you tipped your hand a little bit in letting her know that you disapproved of the behavior. You saw it as inappropriate. I don't know if you use those words with her or other words, but she definitely got the message that this isn't okay with you. And when that happens, oftentimes children will want to explore again as learners explore that power that that behavior has with you. Why does just making this sound and using my voice this way push buttons in my parents? What is that about? They don't approve of it, but it's just so easy for me to do. And, you know, I've got to explore that. What is it with this? These are powerful leaders in my life, and they don't like it when I make this sound or when, when Grace made these sounds. So that's something to explore. Another reason is that when children go on trips like this and their routine is upended, oftentimes they're able to rise to the occasion and really be on their best behavior while they're away. But when they get home, when they get back to their routine, they tend to discharge and process the stress of that experience and all the changes they had to make and, you know, all the novelty. Also, I guess, you know, she felt everybody's emotions. And so absorbing all of that, children have to release it. As I've said before, they're very healthy in the way that they process these feelings and the stimulation and these experiences. They get it out of their bodies, <laughs> you know, very fluently if we can trust and let them. So those are three reasons that this could be happening, or it could be a combination of them. So what I would do about this is, first of all, perceive it as not something to be concerned about. Perceive it as natural, normal, healthy stuff that's going on, and actually encouraging her to, to process this. The way that would look and sound is if she's whining, I would not try to fix it or change it. I would allow her to express it the way she does. And if you do actually understand what she's saying, I would still take your time and say, are you asking me about such and such? And okay, I can get that for you rather than responding as if this is powerfully negative stuff that she's doing. Really letting it go, really trusting it to play out. You know, I know with whining, it is like fingernails on a chalkboard for parents. So really letting go of it is going to take a mindset and maybe practicing it in your mind when it's not happening, how you're going to hear that and hear it as if it's a, you know, a, a bee buzzing around that you're just going to let buzz by, or whatever imagery might help you. Not refusing to understand it, but also not getting pulled by it or touched off into needing to react. Just trying to hear what's there and take your time in responding, as you normally would if she were saying it in a normal way. So ignoring the irritating aspect of that. Similar with yelling. You know, yelling isn't a great thing to do in public, but yelling at home, actually, it is an appropriate way for children to express their feelings. It can become more of a testing thing, as it sounds like it 
it has with Grace and maybe is a little bit at this point with Ella. But, you know, in its purest form, (laughs) it's the way young children express their frustration or their anger or their fear. So there's nothing really wrong with yelling. But obviously, it's much better if children aren't doing this in public. The way to help them in public is to do our homework. And that means not giving it power at home, letting it go, understanding that it will go away more quickly if we let it be, as we would other feelings, just letting them be expressed, letting them blow by, not getting charged up by them or, you know, annoyed or angry or any of those things that give it power. If you are somewhere where it is inappropriate for her to be yelling, you know, it's disturbing other people, then I would move her out of that situation as much as possible. But not from a place of judgment and anger and this is so inappropriate, but really helping her to know that uh, you're going to have her back when she's doing something that's going to expose her in a negative way or disturb other people, that you're going to take care of that. You're going to get her out of the way with love and understanding that, again, she's doing normal things, processing what she's experienced. One thing that stuck out for me in this mother's note right away was that she said Grace would whine and scream at the top of her voice when she couldn't get her way and major meltdowns. And then several times my husband and I took Ella for a walk to have some alone time together. And she would ask, why was Grace crying? We tried our best to acknowledge Ella's concern for our friend. So this parent sort of projected a little that Ella was worried about her friend, which I don't believe is necessarily true. I think it was coming more from a place of, why was she doing that? I mean, children do have a sense when another child is yelling, as opposed to when they're really distressed. And I think, you know, as parents, we tend to kind of jump to the, you know, the fear place. She's worried, you know, there's something sad, there's something negative going on here. Instead of, she wants to process this. She wants to understand Why was Grace crying? This is a healthy question. In answering that, I would say, you know, if we know some specific that led to the crying, we could say it seemed she was crying because she really wanted that thing. And her parents said, no, they weren't going to give that to her. So we're being that open, curious person in response to our child's curiosity. Just letting that be explored is always the safest way with children. And I would expect these kinds of questions whenever my child is exposed to something different like that, especially when there are emotions involved. Children want to figure that out. And I would not say that was inappropriate or that wasn't right or, you know, she did something wrong. I mean, if Grace had hit Ella or was pushing, you know, physical limits like that, I think I would say, you know, it wasn't okay that Grace tried to hit you but I would not judge emotional expression that uh, is just annoying for us as parents, but not hurting anyone. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't judge that with my child either. So since returning home, Ella seems to be imitating the whining and yelling in a tone almost identical to Grace's. Yes. So <laughs> that's very interesting, isn't it? She even gets the tone. She's trying to get this. She's trying to figure this out. Children are so bright and interesting in this way. 
let her do it. There's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to be concerned about. And she's doing what she's supposed to do. And I think when you approach it that way, when you perceive it that way, your attitude will be entirely different. And that will come through in whatever you say or do. Just help her explore what she's actually curious about. Just answer the questions with the facts as you know them, not trying to lay other judgments or you know perceptions in there. They will ask the questions that they want to ask, and we can trust that they know, you know what, what they need from us in these situations. And thank you for uh, sharing my books with this family. Uh, I think with other families, you know, we really do have to let go of what they're doing because just like Ella asking you a direct question, why was she crying and explaining from what you saw why she was crying, it's the same with other parents. We have to wait until they ask us for, you know, specifics about what would you do in this situation. I think we all have to be careful not saying more than, than what's actually being asked about. And that also gives the other person, whether it's Ella or these parents, it gives them the confidence to be the active learners and explorers and decide what they feel about things. That's what you want for Ella. You want her to decide how she feels about things. And then it's up to us as parents to give the guidance and support and help children when they're crossing lines and boundaries and bothering people and bothering us. And then we just stop them. We don't have to judge them. So I hope some of that helps. Please check out some of my other podcasts at JanetLansbury.com. And remember, both of my books are available on audio at audible.com. No Bad Kids, Toddler Discipline Without Shame and Elevating Child Care, A Guide to Respectful Parenting. You can also get them in paperback at Amazon and an ebook at apple.com, Barnes & Noble, and Amazon. Also, my exclusive audio series called Sessions. These are individual recordings of private consultations I've had with parents discussing their parenting issues of the day. And this is available at sessionsaudio.com. That's sessions, plural, audio.com. You can order individual episodes or get all six in the series for about $20. Thanks so much for listening. We can do this.